welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name's Clint, and I have a special guest with me today, DJ Posada. He is the director of our student ministries here at Heartland. Welcome to the podcast, DJ. Uh, thanks, Clint. Thanks for having me in. So for those in our audience that don't know you, could you just share like a little bit of your story, uh, maybe where you're from, and what led you to want to minister to students? Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. So me and my wife uh, have, well, I have always lived in Medina. I've been here my wow. whole life. Uh, grew up in Litchfield, which is a small little town, a little east, west of us. And uh, got into student ministry because one day I decided that it was going to be great to fair park all day. So uh, <laughs> it's something that we do as a student fundraiser. I was yeah. newer to the church, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. So I did that. Uh, I don't know why I signed up for three shifts in a row. So at the time, Drew Steinhardt roped you into doing this? or Yeah, Drew was just an intern at the, that time. Wow. So he wasn't even like, now he's a campus pastor. But yeah, Drew was just an intern. And um, so, yeah, I don't know why I just signed up for three. Um, and then later that evening, I met Drew at Chipotle with uh, me and my wife and our two kids at the time. And... We started talking to him and he was like yeah you guys should be high school leaders and we were like whoa kind of shocked and surprised because we never did high school leading so uh, we led for him for about four years and then I jumped into ministry after that um, had you gone to church previously and like yeah. was church always a part of your life or yeah I mean kind of I grew up going to Catholic Church um, oh, okay. we were Lutheran ish uh when we were married so like we went to a lutheran church on like you know the main ones easter christmas mm. um you know baptisms for the babies uh, but that that was about it um then we really got into here at heartland just something uh something different something changed so really started diving deep into our faith and allowing uh jesus to just change our lives so and why, why students why not groups or worship or could have picked anything to dive into why student ministry yeah well i can't sing so worship was out okay. i can't play an instrument so that was definitely out and uh yeah so i dove into students because really i'd never had that opportunity growing up um i don't think there was like a youth group at the catholic church that i went to maybe there was maybe it was like a sunday thing but knew nothing about it uh but i really just wanted to kind of invest into students and give something back that I didn't have. So like I wanted to give give them something that they they could have and experience and maybe change their trajectory of life. So like instead of going down one path, maybe they would go down another if somebody was yeah. there reaching into them, um, reaching out to them. Can you say more about that? Like what didn't you have and yeah. why was that regrettable for you? Yeah, so I mean, growing up, I mean, I was, uh, I was a tough kid, so my parents always just, yeah, I was always the one who pushed boundaries, uh, you know, tried very hard to go against the grain. Um, so growing up, like, I just wish somebody would have been there to, like, mentor me or, like, even just, like, reached out and said, like, hey, like, it's probably not a wise decision you're making, you know. like Someone that wasn't your mom and dad. Right, exactly. Okay. So um, that's what, you know, in students I, I always liked is that, um, relation, relational ministry is like what we do. So, um, just being able to connect with kids and students outside of like church is like our huge thing. So going to games, that kind of stuff, but just really holding kids accountable. Of, like, so you're going to 
a student's basketball game or something. Yeah, I mean, now oh that gosh. COVID's going on, not, right. not as much, but like even last night, a uh, former student that I had who's in college, um, they gave us a free ping pong table for our new house and like was over there talking to him and it's just, it's interesting to see how much he's changed and hmm. grown over time. And like, you know, a lot of kids in college, they'll go away from the church and he's still pretty active and it's pretty cool to like see that and like see the seeds right. where you start planting there so yeah and you so you mentioned covid how how do you reach students not only at heartland like in our church because there's certainly students that attend here that maybe aren't part of the student ministry right but then also of course there's thousands in our community that aren't part of, how do you reach them during a pandemic when everyone's quarantined in their house yeah if you guys got a Good answer to that out there. <laughs> I would love to hear it. You can email me or like just text me. I mean, I would be all game for that. Um, right now, we're just trying anything we could possibly think of. So we've been doing smaller groups, um, like trying to stay under 10. Um, hmm. A lot of the groups that are created are kind of for specific things. So we have like a fantasy football league going right now. We also have um, an Advent Bible study that's through the Version app. And we also have Google Meets that we're doing and stuff like that. Because um, beforehand, I remember like teaching a little class over here in our cafe, right. and there would be this whole herd of right. middle school students. They're walking through, and they're yeah. quiet or whatever. They're being respectful, but yeah. you know they're kind of like goofing off. They're having fun. They're meeting friends. Right. Yeah. And now that is yeah unthinkable now. Right. The close proximity of it all. Right. So yeah, how do you capture that relational magic now in? Yeah, uh, right. I mean, right now it's just basically um, I am either texting, phone calling, emailing, Instagramming, Snapchatting uh, students personally one on one. And um, I have two hmm. two people, Cindy and Alana, who work under me as well. And like they're doing the same thing. So we're trying to relationally through smaller meets and smaller ways. And it really stinks because we started we started back our gathering, um, which was on Sunday nights where we combined middle and high school. Um, but we had some good momentum going. We were having like 70 to 80 kids showing up every Sunday. Um, the last one we had, we were doing some, you know, fun stuff and the kids were like, really were enjoying it. And then uh, like the next week it like got squashed. So it's, 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 it's hard to hard transition students with that. And it's hard when you have momentum going too to just keep that relational integrity i guess going you know like right you know outside of a sunday so luckily we have this year we had like we have like 26 adult leaders so there's 26 people reaching out to students okay so it's not just you no messaging no. everybody yeah, yeah so uh that which has been super helpful to see that number of adult leaders who are willing to just kind of step into uh students lives. Right. sometimes the messiness of student student life so so one thing i've always wondered about with youth ministry you've mentioned like relational ministry and the root word there is relate so part of me is thinking oh well a youth minister needs to be able to relate well to students but the trouble is as we keep getting older things are changing all around us and the new generation of youth are into all sorts of stuff that you might not have any idea about i mean so let's start with facebook instagram now there's tiktok i've lost the plot <laughs> with TikTok and probably moving forward. That was my kind of tipping point. Right. Um, but, the, and like new 
shows and celebrities and video games that you just can't probably keep up with it all. Right. Does that does that impact your ability to do ministry or is that kind of the whole wrong mindset? Like, don't worry about keeping up with all that. There's something else going on. Yeah, I think it's like a both and. Like, so you do want to keep relevant in the terms of like, I don't want to sound like an old guy when I'm talking like to Like, you him. don't even know about <laughs> Fortnite? Right. What, what are right. you? A dinosaur. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I want to keep up, like, relevance of, like, what the cool thing is. Um, however, like, I also think, like, that's why I have some college-age uh, leaders who are there that are mm. going to be willing to go, you know, uh, play Fortnite with them or go uh, okay. make TikTok videos and have fun together. Um but yeah, I mean, I try to stay as relevant as possible, but I also like, it is okay. Like a lot of the stuff I talk about our students, it's okay not to kind of fall into those things. So like if Snapchat and TikTok is ruling your life or like if you're just constantly uh, watching YouTube videos until you fall asleep and you can't fall asleep without watching a YouTube video, like it's probably an addiction at that point. Not so much of like, yeah, like, you're doing it for like the social part of it. Like it's, it, it's something you need, you have to have. So I always kind of teach them like, or try to teach them the best I can. Like, hey, what does it look like to set your phone up for 15 minutes and like take that time to be quiet, to be alone with God. Wow, what and a challenge for yeah, a young and person. And it's funny cause like, uh, well, it's not, not really funny, but like there was girls that were like, wow, that was like so like life giving to have 15 minutes of quiet. And I'm like, wow, but now there's some of them that like drop social media because of that like hmm. they decided like this is taking up a lot of my life so they're not doing it as much it's been really interesting with covid because you isolate during that time you know like these students are mm -hmm. at their house by themselves for you know sometimes the whole day so like now they're isolated and all they have is their phone so now what do you you know like how do you teach them like that's not the main priority and how do you teach them to do other stuff when like they don't have any other options so like a video game maybe that's their only escape from like the norm normal of life that they're right. in right now so yeah it's that's been uh, kind of on my heart of how to like help people through this time and i don't know i don't know if i have a good answer yet but I, i'll get there so yeah so so kind of along with that what are what would you say are the biggest challenges facing youth today i mean you're you're on the front lines you and your leaders yep interacting with students, you're having conversations with them. What are they telling you? What are you hearing? Like, man, this is a real yeah. struggle for me. Cause I can imagine parents, like along with that, with this digital age, and there's so many new things, like what is Snapchat and all this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. And I can't even say the names yeah. of them, right? <laughs> right. Um, the kids are rolling their eyes. Right. Um, they yeah. just kind of are lost in how to, I don't know, modify the behavior. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, I just think right now uh, because everything is so like we're we're all meant to live in community. We know that like just being in community, being around people is like what you need. Like I hear that all the time through students. But um, really, what we're facing right now is anxiety and depression is like the two that are like hand in hand. And hmm. um, coming back, we had there was like three students who came to our leaders that were talking about like how depressed they were or uh, uh, how much anxiety they had. And um, you know, that's, that's tough. That's tough knowing like being an adult and like being able to process some of that stuff on my own, like knowing how hard it 
would be in middle school or high school right now where um, you constantly have people always on your case. Like when I was in high school, I didn't have a cell phone where somebody could tag me in a post that they didn't like about me or like, oh. you know, bully me through the internet, which would give me anxiety or, you know, uh, make me depressed if people were just constantly on my case. Sometimes some of these kids don't have an escape in life. Like they don't have a place to go. What do you mean so by that? For, I mean, right. there's some crusty old guys listening to this that have no idea what, what <laughs> on my case on the internet. What do you mean? What are they yeah. doing? So like anytime, like, like even if they were walking down the hall, like somebody could uh, snap a picture of you. Snapchat is the the main one, but the, they'll snap a picture of you yeah. and then they'll post it to all their friends. Without my consent. Without your consent. And next thing you know, you're all over the internet and they could draw a funny hat on you. They could- Other add, lewd yeah, items, yeah. Yeah, tons of stuff they could do. <laughs> and it basically becomes like uh, cyber bullying, I guess, and where like this is all happening through Snapchat or something. and Because they're all like, connected somehow like everyone's friends with each other and right in yeah. high school on the yeah. social media so yeah. and you post it and everyone's gonna see it on their feed or something. right yeah and if you if you're familiar with like facebook at all like you can like post and then you could you could just have like a smaller group so you, you're having a smaller group that you're sending this content through oh, so yeah it's just I, I feel like these students don't really have a, a chance to get away and it's crazy that a lot of these kids don't see the reality versus internet versus real life so like if it's posted on a snapchat it must be true you know and like even if it's not true you're like right. no that that's not true like that person is not that way like you're just seeing a, a 30 second image of that person or a 30 second video of that person like you can't judge a book by its cover that hmm. way and that's why there's all these right now TikTok is like a bunch of little videos that go but there's all these people that are Instagram or TikTok famous and like they're like oh yeah this guy is so much like this and like I don't know I could film a pretty good good thing acting one way and being completely different in real life so it's just hard for students to see the difference and you know you hear about fake news and stuff like that all the time and I just wonder if the kids are just falling into this fake TikTok or fake uh, Snapchat world where the reality is totally different than what it is so oh my goodness have you seen that impact um the relationships developed in student ministry like does that bullying eclipse their uh school social circles does it creep into what you're doing here i, I almost wonder how could it not and then what do you do yeah to prevent it or to address it yeah so you always have clicks i, th I think wherever you go um, however, I think like we try our best to create a safe place for them, allow them to come. And then we do our, our hardest or our best job that we could possibly do of just creating leaders who are in like each group has like three different leaders for hmm. each grade level, um, which really helps because you may have one that one leader who's pretty shy and that may connect with those shyer, shyer kids on that. We have, may have an adult leader who could connect in a different way. Um, but the click kind of still is there, um, and it's our job to kind of figure that out and uh, kind of squash it. Earlier in the year, we had some issues uh, with two age groups, and um, it was just really us just talking talking to them, talking to the leaders on how to, like, coach them through, like, hey, like, if we're here, we got to be, like, nice to everybody. Like, it can't be this you know, oh, I don't like them in school, so I don't like them here. 
Wow. And we can't have those those situations because the last thing I would want is somebody not to come because they they don't feel like they can or they don't feel comfortable. So, um, but H- have you seen like cool stories of I don't know the uh, <laughs> kind of the preeminent jock figure like befriending the nerd where like that wouldn't have happened at school ever, yeah. but then because they're thrust into this kind of unique church youth group thing that they're like spending time with each other, like oh we're not so different really and to become friends anything like kind of neat like that yeah yeah i mean i could think of there's like three or four uh kids who right now they're either serving on the tech team or they're serving on different areas but they're they're just not social butterflies like they're not going to be the one to go out and make friends but like literally the kids in their grades since they've been going years and years together here like they will come around that kid and they'll include them in everything they're doing hmm. and it, it's pretty cool to see and then especially our uh their 10th grade girls right now like that group is amazing like they're uh from all different schools some of hmm. them play volleyball together but a lot of them like really don't like they're just connected through church and like they are like a strong group of girls like they you know in the summer will go camping for weeks together and, and like take each other on trips and stuff but they all met literally through here probably from going to camps together and just getting to be wow. friends but it's been cool seeing that dynamic because like yeah that's where like true uh, community happens when you're able to be real and uh, like we had one of our senior students tell us like yeah this is a place where i can be really who i am because at school i can't talk about jesus so like here hmm. i know jesus or else you'll get right video <laughs> And right. distributed right. around and lampooned. Yeah, or okay. named uh, Jesus Freak or whatever that is. And it's like, man, like, I, you know, I, I kind of kind of do the same thing sometimes, you know. Like, if, depending upon where I'm going, I'm not going to possibly wear a Heartland shirt just because, like, oh, that may, may cause an issue for me, you know, in hmm. public that I don't really want to deal with when I'm off hours or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it's just interesting because, like, they they have to go to school. So, like, you know to them like if they're always talking about jesus carrying their bible that kind of thing it could be it could be rough for them so yeah and what's the age range of your gathering so the age range of our gathering right now is sixth grade so what does that put them like 11 12 and yeah. all the way up to 18 so like senior in high school man that's so diverse the, yeah the 11 year old is light years away from it's yeah. a little t- child compared to the 18-year-old. Yeah. So the only thing <laughs> that we do together um, is our group or our lesson time. So we'll do the lesson together. Um, and really, like, everybody says, like, well, you, you can't teach the same thing to an 11, 11, uh, 11, 12-year-old versus a senior. And maybe that was true in my day and age. I sound old here. But um, <laughs> yeah. now, I mean, like, but the stuff we had to deal with our last like fall mm. uh, camp for middle school, like was stuff three or four years prior we were dealing with in high school. So like the change of like the the quicker they grow up and the more they know and that kind of thing. Uh, it was just really surprising to me. And uh, some of my leaders who were like veteran leaders were like, oh, I can't believe we have to deal with this. Like I haven't, you know, this is like a junior. junior yeah, class. that's fascinating. Yeah because the age and I think they're getting exposed to the problems earlier yeah. and so it's a little bit more ubiquitous like yeah. everyone here whether you're in sixth grade or 11th you're having an issue with social media right. or <laughs> pornography or right. whatever it is right yeah exactly wow. yeah and it's it's 
it's kind of it's kind of interesting because like and this just gets a little more obnoxious the closer you get to sixth grade <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right and what's what's hard though is too like trying to still stay relevant for the middle sc- middle school kids but also like staying relevant to those high school kids who when you you may have been talking to them a high school t- subject or high school topic but now they're all the way maybe into a college area where you need to like talk to them about that as well so uh, that's where our small groups are, are mm. where we're at with the relational uh, community where they're allowed to go deeper together and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So I, I would imagine a pretty significant part of any kind of student ministry is not just you and your leaders spending time with students, but also because they're minors. I mean, you are necessarily kind of connected to the parents in some way. I'd love to hear more about just how that works because there's always... I could imagine there it's always a little bit weird or there's some tension like who's this guy DJ spending time with my kid and yeah. like how much are you interacting with the parents and and maybe even equipping or teaching them yeah so my my main goal is to kind of kind of minister to the whole family so that's that could be the parent who's picking up their kid who probably never came to Heartland or never stepped in a church but they're oh really they're getting dropped they're dropping their son off because their friend best friend is here or maybe the girl they like or whatever it is they're getting dropped off um but it's been really cool because i've had that opportunity to have those conversations with parents really kind of start discipling them and uh, we had this one lady who was driving all the way from like wellington which is about an hour from here maybe a half an hour from here um but she would sit in her car in the parking lot every time Hmm. like because she didn't want to drive back so like the one day i was like hey, like, you're sitting out here, like, come inside, there's Wi-Fi, like, you could hang out, like, down on the one end, not around the students, and, like, ended up being really cool, and, like, she's, uh, she's not coming to our church, but she gives to our church, which is really interesting to me, because of her daughter saying, like, mom, we should be giving to the church, and, like, which is, (laughs) this is what I learned, (laughs) yeah, I mean, which is interesting, uh, but it's kind of neat how that, that kind of stuff works, and, um, really, I think, like, if I can't help the parents through stuff, like I was having a conversation on Sunday with a parent who's struggling with um, some stuff going on with their kid and just like giving the parent the confidence of saying like, no, like your kid's a good kid. Like, yes, they're being stupid right now or not making good choices, but like you're being a, a good father and you're, you're leading your family well. Like it's not because of you that your kid's rebelling hmm. right now. And sometimes like, that will help change the course of that family or that relationship uh, between the father-son or father-daughter, whatever it may be. So um, we try to resource them the best we can. Um, we, we did some classes. Um, me and my wife are really passionate about raising passionate Jesus followers by, uh, it's Rob Bell's dad, or not Rob Bell, <laughs> sorry. Um, what's his name? I can't even think of it. Anyhow. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. But I <laughs> know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, John Mark Comer. That's who it is. By John Mark Comer. And um, we really just got into that. And really, it's about, like, creating values that our family lives by. And, like, we're trying so hard to kind of show everybody what our family looks like by our values and our main goal of raising passionate Jesus followers. And uh, we do our best we can, like, showing parents that and giving them resources mm. to kind of lead and guide their family better. Because uh, a lot of it comes down to, oh, you're the, you're the youth director, like, fix my kid. 
well, I can't fix your kid. You right. Need, man. I need to be there with you or you need to step into this process. So, so what does that look like? What are some of the things you're telling parents or um, resourcing them? To yeah. Do? So uh, it could just be like a lot of what I use is like stuff I'm going through. So like if I'm having issues with one of my kids over something or if I'm uh, reading on stuff uh, about like, hey, like how do you how do you uh, get more time with your your high school and middle school student most most high school and middle school students only get like seven minutes undivided attention from their parent a day what S yeah i mean that's that's pretty pretty common why, why is that because they don't want to hang out with mom and dad or mom and dad are busy or yeah all so it all the above so mom and dad also is scrolling through facebook oh, they're getting no, home dude. from work you know like Just zombie family yeah. all looking at their screens yeah so like so how do you how do you help your parents see like, hey, take some time. That 15 minutes of undivided social media, like, how does that work for your, your family as well? So actually, like a lot of my stuff, I'm giving in the newsletter, but like teaching what I, giving them a small snapshot of what I taught about mm -hmm. on the Sunday, hoping to help guide them. On That's so sad, dude. So I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, you're getting questions from parents. How do I spend more time with my kids? And you and I, like, I'm a little bit uh, have younger kids than you. Yeah. But my issue is like, how do I find time for me? They want so much time with me. So it's like, Wait. I, at any given moment, I have no problem finding right. the, t you know, yeah. they always are, uh, there's a high supply yeah. of child time and right. whether my demand meets it or something. Yeah. Is but another question. But that's sad that eventually I'll come to the point where, oh my gosh, I can't, they don't really want to hang out with me anymore. Right. I think it's, they don't really want to hang out with, hang out with you but also I think like depending upon your job like I think a lot of people fall into this like I gotta work 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 and like um, another book by John Mark Comer is Ruthless Elimination of Hurry but like it's the reality of like no like you can set hours in your day where like yeah I'm gonna put my phone up I get home at six I'm gonna put my phone up eat dinner with the family like the the average like family dinner now is 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. Like that's, that's all you get. Like that seems even gen I would imagine yeah. it rarely happens. Yeah. And I mean, well, it Just goes back to that. Watch like, Netflix. A lot of them probably aren't eating family meals together. Mm. So that's why there's a know. lot of zeros mixed <laughs> into the <laughs> right, average. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, man, when I was a kid, like I felt like, I felt like dinners were like an hour, like it was a long time. Like and you didn't get up until you were told to get up and like, and we're trying our best to do that. We have six kids. There's just always craziness at dinner time. But like, just the reality of like even 15 to 20 minutes of us being undivided and having that attention is huge. So I think it's just kind of changing the mindset that we don't always have to be busy. Like, and I think even COVID being as bad as it is with isolation, a lot of people are able to stop and be like wow, like, I don't, you're right. I don't need to work until midnight, you know? Like, I don't need to type that email right away. Like, it could wait yeah. for the next day. And, yeah, my family's around me at, all the time. So, like, it does give that, yeah, okay, I get to know my kids a little bit better, if you like it or not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, which has been interesting there, too, so. Um, and just kind of as we wrap up here, uh, I'd love you to just encourage someone out there that might be thinking, oh, like, these issues resonate with me. I would like to work with students, but I don't know the first thing about it. Like, other than I was a child at one point, right? Um, I don't. I don't. Maybe I don't have kids, or my kids aren't uh, old enough to be in the six to twelve range. Yeah. Um, is there a place for me here? And 
what does it look like to serve in student ministries? Yeah, so we have a place for everybody. Um, and we actually, I was talking through with my team a little bit about that because we have some people who came, uh, just started coming and they wanted to serve. Uh, we do have some rules like how long you have to be here before you can serve, but we're like, how, how can we still get them connected into students? Like mm. you can't maybe serve with students, but how can you maybe start joining in on the leadership team of like, hey, we're gonna huddle with you every couple of You'd weeks. You'd like to get to know yeah. the people that are. Yeah, I mean, you just don't children. wanna throw somebody in off the street and yeah. say like, hey, here you go, here's some high school kids. Like background <laughs> check, that <laughs> right, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so that's what we're, I mean, we have like a student band um, that we're, we're putting together and like, that could be an awesome opportunity if you're good at playing an instrument and you're willing to like, hey, volunteer some time, but like teach some keys or like mm. uh, teach drums or be here to just really give uh, coaching or help to somebody. That's a huge opportunity. Um, we also have opportunities, these small groups, like there could be a small group. Let's say you're really passionate about soccer, right? Mm. And you're like, man, I'd love to have a so soccer watching party. Sure, let's figure that out and how that yeah. could work for you. And I'm sure there's tons of kids who would be willing to join that, you know, so. Um, I think it comes down to just if you have an interest, reach what out. What if someone's worried, like, I don't think a student would want to hang out with me. Like, right. I'm either too old or right. I don't know enough stuff. I'm not hip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not with it. Yeah, sometimes Is I... Is that an I, issue or... No, I don't think so. Because I think just as much as, like, there's students who want that young, hip person, there's also students who want that old, wiser person. So, hmm. like, um, we've had some... I have actually have, like, two awesome leaders and they're not they're not super old but like they are older as far as that goes and the kids will love them i mean the kids will like reach out to them and like almost like the ones like i, I always have to i'm always talking to kids which is awesome you know and that's because she's just is so relational she is mm -hmm. able to be there she is able to reach out and continue to reach out to them and that's hard or that's different for a lot of students they're not used to that so yeah if you could even if it's one or two students that you're reaching out to yeah. and you're just saying hey like i care about you i want you to to see you grow i think that's that's what we need and students. if you're older think think mr rogers yeah tons absolutely. of kids love mr rogers absolutely There's no yeah. reason why you Absol can't be that kind absolutely. of guy absolutely <laughs> but there could be a cool opportunity because we're always looking for people like on our teaching team for students mm. um because we found that like yeah i could get up there and teach them, but maybe like your heart's in teaching and you're not going to ever teach on a Sunday morning, but you may be willing to teach on a, on a Sunday night. Like, yeah, let's talk. Let's maybe that's a cool opportunity. I've able to, I was able to have a lot of cool parents in mm. that were speaking and it ends up being great because you know, people yeah. have stuff on your heart that you want to share. And sometimes students, yeah, different people reach different people, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, thanks so much, DJ, for yeah. sharing with us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having yeah, me. So. Absolutely. And thank you for watching another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. Uh, we're getting the YouTube channel up and running, so be sure to check that out. Like, subscribe. That really helps uh, get this in front of more eyeballs. And we just thank so much for your support. We'll see you next time.